Do you want to be a radical for Jesus? Well, this is Pastor David, host of Restoring Your Voice, and that's what this show is geared toward. Geared toward everyday Christians to equip you for the good works of Jesus and live out your faith radically. And I hope you enjoy this episode of Restoring Restoring Your Voice. Alrighty then, welcome to this episode of uh, Restoring Your Voice, the live Bible-based Q&A. So why am I doing it on Friday? I normally do it on Tuesdays because I won't be able to do any shows on Tuesday. I have a doctor's appointment to follow up with my from my back surgery. Uh, so that's why I'm doing shows today. Um, normally I would be able to record them, but, you know, funds are tight right now. So there is a way, though, for you to help me out with that. So you can donate. Any amount would be welcome. Um, the link is down in, in the description, or you can scan the handy-dandy QR codes uh, that you see on the screen. It'll lead, lead you directly to my website, uh, davidcmaguire.org, davidcmaguire.org. Um, and there's a way you can donate right there. God bless you if you do. God bless you if you don't. Either way. So go ahead and put your questions um, in there. Hey, if you disagree with me on something, please feel f- more. F- please feel free to challenge me. I don't mind being challenged at all. Ironing, sharpening iron. Um, the only thing I ask is if we disagree, let's disagree amicably. Let's disagree in love. That's the only thing I ask. I mean, if you're out there watching right now and you're not a Christian, you think this Christian stuff is bunk, or the Bible is bunk or whatever, challenge me on it. Go ahead. I, I don't mind at all. So go ahead and put your questions in right now. I already seen one, um, which I'm going to currently get to right now. Uh, welcome, John. Um so he says, our first question is, how are you feeling about end times over close? Um, I, as an end time does the return of Jesus, I can say with 100% certainty, we are uh, one day closer than we were yesterday. But do I see signs around me um, getting close to um, the end times as in the Great Tribulation? Yeah, I think I see, I, th- I do see things ramping up more. Um, I see, I think I see the stage being set. Um, I, I see it through, um, you know, these precursors leading up to the, you know, whatever the mark of the beast is going to be. I don't know for sure. Um, I know we haven't seen it yet, but you know, things like getting ready to just accept the vaccination blindly. Um, there's new pay systems going out there. Um, none of that is the mark of the beast, by the way. I'm just saying, I think it's, it's conditioning us to eventually, um, the world, to uh, accept it, um, yeah, things, I, you know, are, are they darker, though, than, say, during the Roman Empire? Uh, no, I don't necessarily think so. I think we're more connected in a way, um, but I, I, I really don't honestly see that these times were more wicked than any other wicked time in history um, you know, all you have to do is research how wicked the Roman Empire was. And I mean, this is why Paul, um, you know, the, the Jews themselves, you know, they thought their, their view was that everybody not a Jew was idolatrous. They were sexually immoral. And, and even Paul wrote how that's true um, in, in the world outside of Israel. So I'm not sure if I see necessarily something um, there. So thank you for the question, though, nonetheless. Um, well, this on their second question, um, if they, I'll, I'll, I don't know, I'll, I'll, I'll start for now. I'm just waiting for the people who I said, Hey, come here and challenge me on this again. You know, go ahead. If you disagree, if you, if you think that we're 
sinners and saved at the same time and challenge me on it. Go ahead. Um, or, or, you know, things like that. Go ahead. So I'll, I'll see if they come in here and challenge. You know, it's amazing that I put it out there. I said, hey, critics, skeptics, welcome. And very rarely do I ever see anybody actually come on this thing to challenge me on anything. Um, it's happened a, a couple of times, but very rarely have I seen it happen. Which is really sad because this is, I'm not saying I'm going to kick people off because they disagree or nothing like that. I'm just saying, bring, bring your disagreements. This is their chance because I can't answer in the YouTube chat when I'm limited to 200 questions, 200 characters, as well as I can um, um, examine things and, and explain things, especially when I have to explain things scripturally. Um, so there, uh, let's see. Do, 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 do. Um, there, okay. Let me just make sure I'm, let me just start questions first. Um, one second here. So Mr. Deckard asks, what did you, why, oh, sorry. Why did you call uh, the Canaanite woman a dog? I hear this objection from Muslims. So let's look this up together. Um, let me just go here to bring this up here. I'm going to blow it up real quick so I can get, um, one second. Here. Let, me, let me do it this way. Let's see. Um, all right, let me just find the exact scriptural reference because um, I can't remember Matthew. Ah, here we go, Matthew fifteen. So let me look. Let me look that up first. Um, here on the screen, Matthew chapter fifteen. Let me bring up oops, not the book list. Uh, I'm gonna blow it up here for some reason. Let me bring up a parallel. I'm going to bring up the NET here, so hopefully that'll work. And this is Matthew chapter 15, verse 21. Uh, let's see. Uh, Canaan woman cried out, have mercy on me. Then uh, send her away, so he answered. But she came and bowed low. Uh, here we go. So let's see. Or lap dogs as opposed to dogs in the street. The uniform refers to puppies. The term dogs does not refer to wild dogs. Um, in this context, but the small dogs taken in as a house pet. It is thus not a derogatory term per se, but is instead intended by Jesus to indicate the privileged position of the Jews, especially his disciples, as the initial recipients of Jesus' ministry. Um, the woman's response of faith and her willingness to accept whatever Jesus would offer pleased him to such an extent. So there you go. It's not derogatory, which is funny that Muslims would say that, yet um in in islam um you know they they refer to they have a lot of derogatory terms out there for many different people groups and they treat women horribly so um you know according to islam that women are only half as intelligent as men so it's funny that these muslims would bring this objection um but yet they are uh wicked themselves and the way they treat women is is uh, yeah anyway Okay, thanks for the question, though. All right, next question here by John again. So um, my position on can a Christian be sin, be in sin and still be saved? No, no. It, it, in other words, when I when I say no to that, I mean living in sin. So let's go to the scripture. What do the scriptures say, right? Can we live in sin and still be saved? In other words, can we be a slave to sin? Well, let's go to my favorite chapter on this entire subject in the entire Bible, Romans chapter 6. Um, so Paul writing here, what shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. 
How can we who die to sin still live in it? Uh, it's pretty clear there. Um, so, so no, we're not to live in sin. Um, talks about here, um, verse 6, uh, right here. We know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. All right, for the one who has died to sin has been set free from sin, right? Um, let's see. For let's see. Ah, so you must also consider yourself dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. Ah, here we go. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body to make you obey its passions. Right? Do not present your members as to sin as instruments for unrighteousness, or present yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life. So, yeah, no, there is no way that we can live in sin. In other words, we're not going to repent and still be saved. It's 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 literally impossible. It's, it's against the Bible. It's against Scripture, right? Now, somebody asks, well, how long do we go? I, I'm not the arbiter of that, right? Um, all I can, you know, even in First John, you know, that those who, who have seen God do not continually sin. So to continually sin is abnormal for the Christian. To, to sin, to make a choice to sin, well, we all do that. But to be controlled by it, like, say, pornography, right, an addiction or something like that, then we're, we are now being controlled we're, or we're yielding our members to sin, to lusts, um, to passions, as the Bible forbids. So, that, in other words, we, we, we do something we know is wrong, is against the Bible, right? The Holy Spirit comes to convict us and we don't answer or maybe the holy spirit has told us not to do it beforehand yet we did it anyways now no now most likely we're not going to be convicted because we were told not to do it but we did it anyways so um yeah there's no way that we can live in sin yet partake in the kingdom of god that's a that's a literal impossibility that is um so far against the bible um that it's it's just it's bad it's really bad um, you know, so people say, well, well, what I mean, as someone, by the way, I'm speaking from somebody who was also addicted to pornography before Jesus. All right. I, I want, you know, I, I couldn't stop. Even if I said, I really want to stop. I couldn't because why I was a slave to sin, but, but I was, I, but now, um, I'm, I'm a do los, right. Um, I'm a bond servant to Jesus, a slave now to Jesus. He is my master. So. Um, let's see. I'm just trying to keep up here. What if a person isn't continuing? Ah, yeah, it's a good question. Here, here's a great question. What if a person isn't continually willfully sinning, right? But happens to sin and mess up one day, and then he dies right after. Is he saved? I believe that there's grace for that. Like, for instance, say uh, you're driving down the road and the speed limit is 55, right? You're doing 70. You know it's wrong, right? But you do it. Are you gonna are you gonna go to hell? No, I don't I don't think you're gonna go to hell. Um, like I said, it's a it's a matter of a continual sin, a, a refusal um to answer repentance, a refusal to answer the correction, um, to, to answer the conviction and and answer to that, right? Because we all do that. Let's face it, right? How about you know, we've all gotten angry, we think we're right, and we think we're right, who knows how long after the initial thing because we're still angry about it um but then we you know once we cool down and we're more o more open to answer the conviction then we repent so no it's it's not about the number of times or 
or what we did, it's a matter of the heart, um, overall heart toward sin. And by the way, many times when people choose sins like pornography, sins like adult, you know, physical adultery, you know, by the way, pornography is still adultery. It starts somewhere else. It starts watching stuff they shouldn't watch or, or thinking about things they shouldn't be watching or thinking about things like that. Right. Uh, it always starts somewhere else before the, before this major sin is committed. Oh, it always starts um, somewhere else. Um, but these are great questions, nonetheless. Um, questions people have to, and lots of people think in a very unbiblical manner about this, saying we can be sinners but saved. I did a whole show on this exact subject, um, unpacking what many scriptures have to say about this. To include, well, it, Paul said he's the chief of sinners. And I went, to, went on to clearly explain that Paul was not talking about himself in the present tense. And this was a, a way that back in the day people would speak to make a point about, about themselves as, as, you know, or about a subject, you know, how they were in the past. So Paul, when he says, for instance, the chief of sinners, I am, he's not talking about himself. That's how he is now. Right. I mean, also, also, if you go through, say, the book of Psalms and the book of Proverbs, right. And, and you look at every time the word sinner is mentioned. Okay. Every time you see that word mentioned, it's, it's, it's sinner is always synonymous with the wicked, the immoral, those outside of the kingdom of God, things like that. Um, you know, and you could do that on the internet since, you know, you're watching here. Um, you could look all this up. So like I said, every time the word sinner is mentioned, right. It's uh, the wicked, right. The damned, the cursed, those outside of the kingdom, those who will not inherit the kingdom of God, things like that. So to say that we can be sinners, but saved is saying we are uh, a wicked saint, right? We are a hellbound saint, and we are outside of the kingdom of God, but saints. It doesn't make any sense, does it? So, okay, here we go. Uh, Mr. Deckard asks, if an infant dies from natural causes, will the infant be saved? Yeah, they're, they're um, the babies and infants go directly to heaven. All right. Um, in other words, anybody prior to the age of accountability, in other words, the age where now they know right from wrong, but they still choose to do wrong, right? A baby hey, can't do that. They, they can't make the choice. A one-year-old, even a two-year-old, right? Um, let me see. I'm trying to remember where. Let me look this up. I think it's in, I know it's in the book of Deuteronomy where I can actually show you this. So let me let me um, think. Let me just look this up because I, I can never remember. For some reason, I can never remember this exact scripture. Um, let me look it up real quick. Deuteronomy. Um, do I even have that spelled right? I think I do. Anyway, Deuteronomy. Um, babies go to heaven. It'll probably be. That's not it. Um. I am, forgive me, like I said, I, ah, okay, Deuteronomy, yeah, no, chapter 1, 130, verse 39, okay, I can never, for some reason, I can never remember that one, as much as I have looked it up, I don't know how many times now, and, and yet, I can never remember it, go figure, all right, so 139, uh, let's see, make sure I got the right one, scroll down, scroll down, scroll down, Ah, here it is. And as for your little ones who you said would become a prey in their children who have no knowledge of good or evil, right? 
They shall go in there and them I will give it and they shall possess it. So that's probably the best scripture that I can think of that tells us, no, they don't. They don't know the difference between right and wrong. They have no knowledge of good and evil. So yeah, they, they don't, they don't go to hell. They, they go directly to heaven. All right, they, they don't, no need to. Okay. Um, here we go. Um, let's see. Yeah, after I looked it up, Eric, Eric posted on there. Thanks, Eric. Um, yeah. So like I said, there's an age of accountability, depending on what group you ask. Um, depends on, you know, um, the answer you'll get. But the best answer I can give is when a child knows the difference between right and wrong, and now they make the choice to do it anyways, right? You know, it's kind of like you tell your child it's wrong to lie, right? Now, no longer do they lie because that's just, they're human, right? You don't have to teach a baby or a toddler to sin, right? Um, they just do it automatically. They don't know what they're doing. But now once a person knows and they get taught, now they've reached the age of accountability, right? Um, for some, it could be the age of seven. I, I would hold to that as a, a pretty average age of the age of accountability is the age of seven years old. Um, here we go. Katie. Hello. Welcome. Welcome, Katie. I says, why are there different words used for hell? Gehenna, Hades, Sheol. And do they all mean the same thing? Yes. Yes. Now, in the Old Testament, they didn't have a full concept like we do today of hell. Um, Sheol was the place of the dead. Um we know that in hell was a place referred to as Abraham's bosom where the Old Testament saints awaited uh, the resurrection of Jesus. So they, so they weren't there. So, so in their, you know, Sheol pretty much directly translates um, to grave. Um, now many people say, well, Gehenna, that refers to a specific place and all of that. Um, but, Jesus used words that, you know, those in his day, you know, since the New Testament was written in Greek and Greek was the predominant language spoken at that time, they would have understood what he meant. So, yeah, they all mean basically where the dead go to. Um, but those who are alive in Christ go to heaven. Um, but great question. I mean, these are all great questions. Um, right, and Eric here, as usual, answers Greek says Sheol is a word for abyss or underworld, right? Uh, Hades is the Greek word for Gehenna was a literal garbage dump outside of Jerusalem, and Christ used it as a description of hell, right? Just like if I say to a person, um, something is like this, you know, um, you know, or somebody swears like a sailor, I'm not saying they're a sailor, right? I'm just saying they're swearing like one, so yeah, great questions, though. Um, I was hoping I was going to get some people in here to they disagreed with me to challenge me on something, but so far I haven't seen anything um, come in yet. But hey, you got lots of time to ask your questions. Um, if you ask one, and I'll ask you another. Um, I'll get I'll get to them. Uh, any any Bible topic uh, whatsoever, um, anything you can ask me about the rapture of the millennial kingdom, women in leadership in the church. What is it? What is that? What constitutes leadership? I, it doesn't really matter to anything at all. Um, oh, oh, 
put up the wrong one. Oh, uh, here we go. She says, if Greek was the common language in the New Testament world, right, then what was the common language in the Old Testament world? Ah, uh, many different. Hebrew in one parts, Ugaritic in another. Um, I can, I'm not an expert on this, so I, I couldn't tell you all the different types of Semitic languages that would evolve over time. Um, but yeah, um, as, as opposed to, uh, now the Old Testament takes place pretty much in the Middle East only. Um, well, as to the languages that were spoken outside of the Middle East um, in the Old Testament times, um, obviously Greek was one of them. Other ones I couldn't tell you about because, well, I'm, I'm no, I'm no expert on this type of stuff. Um, that probably, that would probably have been a better question for Dr. Brown. Um, cause well, that's his PhD in, um, ancient Near Eastern Semitic languages. So yeah. And, uh, Aramaic, yeah, became the, yeah, the language over time. So that's what the, many of the Jewish people, um, and <coughs> excuse me, in the diaspora would definitely speak would be, um, Syriac or Aramaic, um, which is the same things. So, yeah, that's right. And Akkadian, obviously, Eric talks about here. Um, <clears throat> you know, because they were the first empire in the in history, so probably would have definitely been a predominant language um, since they were an empire. Um, and their language would have spilled over into the cultures that they absorbed into their empire. Yeah. Um, hey, 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 I would love somebody to come in here and try to challenge um, that we can only say Yeshua and Jesus. We shouldn't say Jesus. I would love to see that one day. I would love to see that. What happened? Uh, what language would have Moses spoken to Pharaoh? I have no idea. Um. Probably whatever, whatever length, whatever dialect of Egyptian was spoken in that day. Since Moses grew up as an Egyptian, he would have spoken their language. Um. So yeah. Now, just I see things when I say challenge. I'm not. I'm not trying to be a jerk. I'm just like, I would love to just more like to educate people, even if they won't. You know, it's not my job to make people listen or anything like that. But there are some wonky belief systems out there and. These people really come into places like this to challenge. Um, so, yeah, great questions. Yeah, keep them coming, though. Like I said, any question in relation to the Bible, uh, any question whatsoever, um, anything. You know, like I said, we anything, end times, books of the Bible, things like that. Ah, here's a great question. What is modalism? Well, let me see off the bat. It's heresy, okay, because it is um, denying the Trinity of God. So here's basically what it is, okay? I wish I had more hats on my desk, but if I'm playing, okay, right now we'll say I'm in the role of Father God, right? But now I decide I'm going to take this hat off, right? Now I'm the Holy Spirit, all right? Now I put on a different hat, and I'll put this hat backwards for those on camera. And now I'm playing Jesus the Son. So that's basically what modalism is. They believe that God plays um, different roles um, according to what he wants, which is completely unbiblical. Uh, and why I say heresy, because it denies the Trinity. And we can see that this is 
patently false at the baptism of Jesus when the Father, the Holy Spirit, and Jesus are all present at the same time. So if modalism were true, then why in the Bible do we see God in all three, as three um, persons, if you will, um, at the same time? It's, it's patently false and patently uh, heresy. So anybody who denies the, tr the trying nature of God or the Trinity um, is a heretic. So yeah, great question though. Right, and if you if you guys got any questions on that type of stuff, I mean, it's all Bible related, right? Whether it's it's modalism or Molinism or any of the other isms that you're like, I've heard these fancy sounding terms and I'd have no idea what they mean. I would be more than happy to do my best to uh, give you an answer because it is Bible related. You know, there's lots of different isms that you may have heard people speak and you're sitting there baffled. Um, you're like, I had no idea what that person just said. Speaking all Greek to me. And go for it. It is Bible related, by the way. Um, since since um, some of these isms are not biblical um, and were confronted in the early church anyways. Aha, here's a good ism. Here's another one. Molinism. So, in other words, what is Molinism? Um, it's the belief that God has... There's this thing called middle knowledge. In other words, there's things... That God doesn't know. And and I've heard it explained, and I'm going to do my best to just this way. I've heard it explained by people is that, for instance, I'm walking around the corner, right? Or I'm walking, there's a corner. I can't see what's around the corner. All right? And so that's what they're trying to say. Well, that's how God is. He doesn't know what I'm, what's coming around the corner from me, right? He doesn't know every decision I'm going to make. That's, that's what they believe, right? Because I have a choice. You have a choice. We all have choices to make in this life, right? And then, and we can make all different sorts of choices throughout life. But God doesn't know every single one of them, which is patently false. Because the Bible says that he knows the end from the beginning, okay? He is the alpha and the omega, right? He is the beginning and the end. He knows it all. He knows every detail, right? Um, he is omniscient. He is literally in every aspect, in every respect, all-knowing. Right. He um, that I mean, that's why the Bible talks about um, he knew, had knowledge of what Adam and Eve were going to do. Right. He already had his plan of redemption already set forth, ready to go um, before the fall. Um, he predestined people. Right. In other words, he knows who is going to accept him and who's going to uh, reject him. He knows who's going to accept him and then apostatize or forfeit their salvation later on. He knows everything. I know that's kind of hard for us to wrap our heads around. I'm, you know, I don't think anybody can say, well, I can wrap my head around that because I know I can't. Um, but that's basically what Molinism is. God does not know every choice. There is this middle knowledge that that is uh, that is unknown by God. So um, great question, though. I'm, I'm glad to clarify a lot of these things because a lot of these people use these really big words, sound fancy, and, you know, your average everyday Christian, it's like, I got no idea what any of this means. You know, you go into the isms and the ologies and what, what's soteriology, you know, things like that. And like, I don't know what that is. So anyway, great questions. Yeah. So we have about 17, 18 minutes left. Um, so I believe that there are many Old Testament verses that apply today. Yes, Absolutely. So Zora says, I believe there are many Old Testament verses that apply 
today. What do you think of mine? Yeah, absolutely. Positively, absolutely. Well, one, we know that the Bible says that the uh, word of God is living and active. Right now, I know that there are verses that are contextual um, things like that. But I mean, come on, life and death, for instance, are in the power of the tongue, which I'll talk about on the show after this. Um, yeah. You know, we were not supposed to curse. Right. Choose this day. You know, this is um, um, in Deuteronomy, Moses speaking, you know, choose, you know, um, choose, choose life or death kind of deal. We, we, we still make that choice today. Um, choose this day whom you will serve. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Absolutely. I mean, look at Isaiah 53, right? Or Isaiah 52. Can't remember the exact verse. It escapes me right now. But anyway, all, the rest of Isaiah 53 absolutely applies today. Um, you know, look how many people hold up the Ten Commandments, even though there's a lot more than ten, by the way. Um, and, you know, they all apply, you know, not to not to make graven images, right? Not to worship idols, um, not to pray to the dead. Um, so many things. I mean, I'm, I guess I'm one of those weird people that really likes the book of Leviticus. Um, and uh, many of those verses in the book are applicable today. I mean, take uh, take Leviticus chapters 18 and 20, which, which God talks about um, the, the nations, so those not of Israel, um, committing these, these grievous um, abominations of, of different types of sexual sin. Um, those are still applied to us today. Right. Um, everything God mentions, you know, man shall not lie with a man as he lies with a woman. You know, incest is forbidden. Bestiality is forbidden. All of that all applies today. So there are a, a ton. I mean, just read through the book of Psalms. I mean, don't I mean, I know I read it. and I'm like, well, that's applicable to me. Oh, heck, yeah, it is. You know, um, the I mean, the whole entire book of Proverbs is applicable to us. So I could go on and on um, about the numerous. um parts of the old testament that are fully applicable today i think it's more than most people realize but that's because people hear horrible preaching by people like andy stanley who says we don't need the old testament which is completely bunk and foreign it's a i mean we need the old testament just to properly interpret the new testament you know we need the many much of the old testament to properly interpret the book of revelation alone so yeah it's all so much of it is applicable um so Mr. Decker, since God is all-knowing, which he is, why does he ask people, like asking King, what have you done? Giving them a chance, giving us a chance to repent. That's why. I mean, God knows exactly, right? Kind of like when he went into the Garden of Eden, right? He knew where they were. He knew where Adam and Eve, but, the, you know, where are you? You know, even ask them to what happened, right? Giving them a chance to fess up, to come clean, to come right. right? But one day, you know, human nature being human, fallen human nature being what it is. Right, what happened? You know, Adam blamed Eve. Eve blamed the serpent. Right. So yeah, I think it's because he wants to give us a chance to repent. He wants us to to to, to come clean before him, um, not to hide sin. So there we go. Um, yeah, exactly. I would agree that Marcionism when he denied the Old Testament. So if you guys don't know, here's another ism: Marcionism. So Marcionism was an early church father. Um, and he took only the parts of the Bible he liked and he made up his own canon of, of scripture. So would I say that denying the old Testament, we don't need it for today is a form of Marcionism. I, I would absolutely agree with that. Absolutely agree with that. So.
Yeah, we, we, I mean, think about it. If we don't need the Old Testament, right? That's like starting a book three quarters of the way through and thinking you're, you're going to understand it. Right? But who, who reads a book starting three quarters of the way through? Nobody does that. Why do we do that with the Bible then? You know? Well, why, why, why does that happen? There are many old, yeah, yeah, no, there are many Old Testament commands that don't apply to today, but there's a ton of them that they, that's, that do. Um, nonetheless, um, just read all the laws that Jesus said. You have heard it said, and then he didn't remove the law. He raised the standard from said law, like adultery, murder, things like that. So the 613 laws were only given to the three. No, no, no. No, there are more. No, some of those laws still apply to us today, right? Do you are you are you supposed to murder people? That's one of them, right? Are you supposed to uh, make graven images and bow down to them? No, is idolatry still a sin? That's one of the. That's one of them. So there's a quite a bit more when you actually dig in that actually apply to us today. Um, but yeah, I mean, as long as we don't want to get all legalistic, like thinking we have to obey the dietary laws and and the clothing laws and other purity laws yeah none of that is for us today and some of those laws were only were, were not just meant were, were meant only for the for the levitical priesthood at the time anyways so but there are people out there who think christians need to be quote-unquote torah observant which baffles my mind I, I don't get that um but hey people think what well, they will think so appreciate all the great questions I appreciate the dialogue. I love when I see dialogue in the chat and people talking back and forth and helping each other. I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, Born Again asks this. Now, this is my friend, by the way, Steve Christie here. Okay. This just that I've interviewed, uh, I think, four times now on my show. Anyway, can you explain to everyone what it is, that it is okay to team up with a brother you disagree with uh, non-essentials like Dr. Brown and Dr. White did against unbelievers still be assured he's a brother. Absolutely, because it's like I said, it's my brother Steve Christie. There are certain things that we disagree on, but they're non-essential doctrines. In other words, they don't affect anybody's salvation. And so there are very few ish doctrinal, major doctrinal issues that affect one's salvation versus a host of um, non-essential doctrines that will not. Um, so what do you mean? Um, it's okay to disagree whether or not the gifts of the spirit are for today, for instance. It's okay to disagree whether God chooses us or we can choose him once he opens up our understanding. It's okay to disagree on that. Why? Because we we both both sides agree that that Jesus is the only way. There are many, many non-essential uh, women in leadership in the church is a non-essential doctrine we can disagree on. Why? Because it's a non-essential doctrine, but things like Jesus is God, faith, uh, justification through faith in Christ alone, um, the Trinity, um, praying to only God, uh, things like that are absolutely, Oh, that Jesus is returning, but we can disagree when Jesus, Jesus is going to return. Um, and, and still wholeheartedly be friends at the end of the day. As long as we believe Jesus is returning, so there are lots of things. Um, like I said, I, I disagree with people on. I I don't air them. And there are things I I, I disagree with Doctor Brown on, but I'm more than willing to have him on my show because he's still a brother in the Lord. Um, so yeah, it's absolutely okay, and that's great. That's a great question. I think more people need to need to realize that that we can disagree and still be united. By the way, 
we can disagree and still be united. Um, let's see. Okay. So it's scrolling down here. And essentials unity, right. Or is uh some people like to say, no, I've heard it from Dr. Brown. Major on the majors and minor on the minors. Don't minor on the majors. <laughs> you know, well, I think you're this because um you believe in this secondary doctrine. Well, who cares? Who cares? Uh, yeah, Zora says, um, I believe it is possible to hear God all the time. Do you have scripture for that? Um, I'm trying to think of an exact scripture. Um, the Holy Spirit. I will send you the Holy Spirit. Right? And the Holy Spirit will guide you in all truth. Um, gosh. You ask for an exact scripture and all of a sudden it... Well, the promises of, of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Uh, the 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 promise in First Corinthians twelve through fourteen that all can prophesy, that all all have the ability, right? We can only prophesy if we can hear from God. Now I say hear from God. Um, that might be different for each person. I can literally hear Him like in my inner mind. Um, yeah, if we incline our ear, He will speak to us, right? Um, I will pour my spirit on all mankind. My sons and daughters will prophesy. Um, your sons and daughters will prophesy, your old men will dream dreams, your women will see visions. Um, those are ways of God speaking to people. Um, and yeah, those are probably the best ones I can come up with off the top of my head. Um, like I said, I'm not perfect in remembering everything there is to ever remember. So if anybody else, I'm looking here. Um, okay. If anybody else has, has, has anything else. Yes, here we go. There's a good one from First Kings talking about Elijah. Yeah, after the earthquake, there was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, there was a soft whisper. Um, so that, oh, I think my friend is trying to maybe post a link. Anyway, okay. Uh, all right, Steve, if, if, if you're trying to tell me what to watch or something, then let me know. Um, it says, uh, why are the warnings of curses in the Old Testament as a result of sin, but no mention of hell in Deuteronomy? Like I said, they didn't have this concept of hell back then. Um, just knew you were separated from God. I mean, they, they knew that they would go to, there would be the Old Testament saints that would await in, in Abraham's bosom while everybody else would go to the realm of the dead um, and be there. And they knew that. They knew that they would not inherit the kingdom of God. Of course, back then, if you were not of Israel and they kicked you out of Israel or stoned you to death, something like that, then, yeah, they you were automatically known not to be a part of God's kingdom. Um, let's see. Where does Jesus say, I am, in the New Testament, uh, an objection? John chapter 8. John chapter 8. Before Abraham was, I am. So he refers to himself um, as God, as the very same one who spoke about himself in the Old Testament. And then if you compare it to that, um, to what's written in, in the Septuagint in the book of Exodus, then you will see the same language used, well, similar language used there in the book of Exodus, chapter 3, as in John chapter 8, um, since the Septuagint is written in Greek. I believe. 
Um, so yeah, I mean, I do have a copy of the Septuagint back there. I really need one. I need to get one that's uh, digital. Anyway, so there we go. And yes, there are other places. I, I know. I know the common um, objections that Muslims use, but what they like to do is they take pull scripture out of its context and try to use it against people. Um, so I believe I've heard I've heard them all, and I have an answer biblically for them all. It's basically, hey, if you would if you would bring up the verses below that that you just used, then you would see it's false. Um, thank you. I just wondered why God didn't tell them. Like He didn't tell. Well, they knew the they, they knew that they would be separated from God. Um, so yeah, great question so far. We got just four minutes left before I have to get off here, and then I'll do a show, a regular show right after this. Like I said, I'm trying to do this today because I won't be able to do any shows um, on Tuesday. I have to get a follow-up appointment for my back surgery. Um, so I got to make that one. I already already postponed it. Um, take on ships. Be sold. I'm not sure what that's for. Um, yeah, great questions today um, so far. Uh, I don't think I've ever seen a bad question on here anyways. No such thing as a stupid question. Remember that. Any question you ask, I guarantee there's somebody else out there who's had the same question. And there are also people who out there who um, maybe they don't know they needed to answer an answer. And, you know, you helped them anyways out there. So, yeah, like I said, we got three minutes left. So if you got a question, you better hop it in now. Um, but great questions. Yeah. Great interactions. Um, thank you so much. Appreciate it. I just wish that there had been those who challenged me on things come in here today. Um, but alas, they did not. I guess they would, it's just fine. Like I said, when I tell people challenge me, now's your time. Rarely does it ever happen. And I, I don't understand that, you know, because like I said, here I can give a greater in-depth explanation than I can in a, in the chat that's limited to 200 characters. So, but yeah, thanks everybody. Appreciate it. Don't forget to hit that like button. All right. I got somebody out there who's always downvoting my stuff for some reason, but whatever. Um, but yeah, so if you like it, you can override that downvote. You can upvote it when you like it and get it recommended out to others. Um, yeah, Purim is next week. That's right. Funny fact about Esther is that it's the only book only book of the Bible that God has never once mentioned in. So, okay then. I'm not seeing any other questions come in. Um, maybe, yeah, no. Not just a Jesuit, Eric, but a known Jesuit, apparently. So, yeah, a few weeks back, somebody was in the chat and I said that I was a known Jesuit. Even I didn't know it myself. Who knew? I've never been on a missionary trip in my life. So, go figure that one, you know. I don't know. I mean, that's what the Jesuits are known for is their missionary work. So, I don't know. Anyway, it's funny. So, it's good to end on the humor stone, I suppose. All right, then. So, I'm going to end now, then. And then I'll be live right after this in 15 minutes from now. Um, so, you, please feel free to hop on there as well. Please feel free. So, all right, then. God bless everybody. Um, and I will see you again in 15 minutes from now. It's a one way